Hey guys, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Piotr Findura and myself, Matt Slarchuk. Welcome guys, this is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topic one conversation at a time. Guys, thank you for following, listening, whoever's new. Welcome those that are back. Thank you guys. Please comment, share, subscribe. Hit that five star if you guys are in um, Apple. gives us like rankings and it helps us become bigger and Helps more people in the long run. Bigger, better, stronger. Exactly. Kanye West, today, right? Pretty. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We listened to what? The Kid Cudi and Eminem song? Just now, yeah. That's pretty solid. But today, guys, I'd like to welcome our beloved friend, Sebastian Matoniak. How's it going, guys? He's a fitness enthusiast and a future daddy. And we've literally known Sebastian probably our whole lives. And he's also a fighter fighter in the state of Illinois. How's it going, Sebastian? It's going good. It's going really good. When did, we, when did uh, Sebastian leave elementary school, Mark Twain? Was it fifth grade? Sixth, right sixth, after sixth, sixth yeah. We had an interesting like time growing up because we literally had an all all poly school for mm-hmm. like the fir- or a classroom for the first five years. Yeah, we were time. Our classroom was so Polish. We had to sing the Polish national anthem. Remember every Friday, <laughs> every Friday, guys. Wasn't that key. like first grade? Oh, uh, was that first grade? No, it was like from Miss Pavlo- Pavlikovsky Miss pa- and Pani Gavak did the same thing. Yeah, so it's like third grade. Oh damn! Oh yeah, then who? Did, I don't remember because I left what like beginning no middle of fifth. I left. I left before you. So you left middle of sixth? I left. I finished sixth. You I finished li- sixth. I moved and I literally finished school. Okay, yeah. Then I literally... Drove all the way from where we mm-hmm. live now, which is like 45 minutes away uh-huh. on the street all the way to school. Respect. Yeah, because I moved... <laughs> I finished sixth grade in, Lock, in, in fucking Lockport. So I moved in like middle of sixth grade. It's wild. Yeah. So we all grew up together, right? Mm-hmm. Which was... We had a good childhood. I remember playing tackle football sometimes. Uh-huh. And I was scared to get tackled by Sebastian, man. So I know sometimes you I really just take the knee. Like, this guy's been big ever since, uh, like, he just has good genes, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know where your genes came came from, but... but Neither my mother or my father. Mailman? I don't know. Mailman? <laughs> the milkman in Poland? The milkman, bro. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, dude, like, it's crazy, because we still have, like, a handful of friends that we grew up with, and we still stay in contact for most of it, like, yeah. for most of it. Like, even Luke, Luke, we've known forever. And he's, like, partnered with us to do a couple nurses, you know? Right. Like, it's wild. And it's been, like, almost, like, what, 10 years since we, like, finished high school, guys? And, like, what? Yeah, almost time, 26. Yeah. It's, like, time flies by, man. It's, like, not waiting for nobody. And it's just interesting how, you know, our parents told us the bad times. And we're living in technically bad times. And mm-hmm. people always feel like, hey, shit's just happening technically, right? So, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. Yeah. It's life. It just keeps going. It is. So, Sebastian, you're a fighter fighter. So, like... How did you, what made you want to become a firefighter? Or how did you even become a firefighter? I mean, it's pretty much what everybody says. Mm-hmm. You've kind of wanted to do it since you saw the first fire truck or the first engine, whatever, ambulance. Um, I didn't know I was going to be a firefighter. I, always, I was always into working out the human body. So just went through the process of figuring what I want to do. Uh, first, it was like physical therapy. Which, when I learned that it was, like, eight years of school, I said, nah, that's, that's not for me, you know? So I went down to nursing. That, That's another bachelor's degree. Nah, not for me, you know? Didn't try wiping your so, ass, right? <laughs> exactly, <Respect>. yeah. <laughs> so um, I was just kind of looking at, like, ways. I went to, I did, like, I don't know, two classes, half a semester to be a police officer. I went into, like, the the criminal justice side that yeah and then I learned that like firefighters EMTs paramedics you know they work with people so I kind of went to a class I liked it it was 
about the human body, how it works, what it does, uh, and I just stuck with it. It's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, being a firefighter is like a fairly masculine role. Like if you think of like firefighter nurse, you know, firefighter usually do it, and nurses usually like the the woman, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's a solid, solid career. It's it's a decent like work schedule. Like you work with guys with similar interests, you know, because people going to, to become firefighters because you know it's a solid career path because it makes good money, good schedule, and it's like hands on shit, and right. you're actually like benefiting the neighborhood and, and like the world. Right. Right. So how long of school was it to become a firefighter? So you get uh, semester six months for EMT, uh, full year of paramedic school. And then you got to find a fire academy to go to and get that. Now, with getting into the fire academy or paramedic school, it's it's competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's like nursing. You got to test into the program, get into the program, and yeah. you know if either someone outbids you or outscores you in a way, you know, um, passing scores uh, seventy, but they are only taking eighteen people, and someone the eighteenth person scores 72 you're not going even though you passed you know so it's it's the same thing with testing into a paramedic program so that's uh yeah it's pretty much the route so Mm -hmm. it's like what three years Mm -hmm. and then testing for jobs it's not like you're applying for a job you're pretty much putting the application in and you're taking a test for a fire department to kind of score you and Mm -hmm. see where you land and then there's always over 100 kids testing, and sometimes they're hiring five, sometimes they're just hiring one. So, yeah. Is there a physical test involved too or no? Oh, there is. That's mm-hmm. um, called the CPAT. So it's basic pulling, dragging, um, carrying stuff. There, it's not a lot of weight. You do have a weighted vest on though, which is about, I think, 20 pounds. So you got to do the stairs for like three minutes and then mm-hmm. the physical aspect of it. Oh, yeah, there's no physical test for nursing. There's not, man. Just use your use your hips, use your legs for lifting, guys. Yeah. It's, it's all about the, your the lower, lower back. back your lower back. Yeah. Gonna have, like, Matt with back pain. Yeah. Dude, first day back at the gym, hurt his back. Dude, I remember my first time lifting 20 uh-huh. pounds. <laughs> 20 I can't even lift 20 pounds yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Don't put too much weight on the squat, right? Yeah, doctor. Doctor, um, damn, what the hell's my doctor's name? I forgot my doctor's name. He's actually, he's actually filling in for my doctor. Doctor, I don't know his fucking name. I can't even forget. I forgot my doctor's name. But if he's listening, dude, I'm not lifting anything, Doc. I swear, I promise. Matt's lifting it for me. He's here every day when I wake up, helps me to the bathroom, helps me back to bed, puts my pants on for me and everything. Yeah, Peter, <laughs> Peter's been good, man. He's been progressing. His stitches are healing. Mm-hmm. So, like, Sebastian, I know it's like, a you know, you finished all this and you finally landed the job. Is it everything that you've always wanted? Like, how is, like, how is it being a firefighter? Like, are you fighting as much fires as you'd like to? Like, what are your tasks? I just want to, like dig into like your daily yeah, setup yeah like like a weekend like a week at the firehouse a week at the firehouse so story time yeah so that's anywhere three days depending mm-hmm. on the work schedule work schedule is 24 on 48 off um was it everything i wanted well, i never knew what they did so i can't really tell you i never had any family member in the fire service or anything like that so i can't tell you is it everything that i wanted or not wanted uh the job's going good you know um a day at the firehouse, you you start your morning check. So you walk in, you clock into work, you go to the rig, you put your you know gear by it, and then you just have a checklist of what you got to check, what you got to do. So you know checking that the ambulance or the engine or any other piece of apparatus runs, making sure that you can get out the door when the emergency is called, 
checking the oil, transmission fluid, just the down and dirty stuff. Um, after that, that runs around anywhere from, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on what the check of the day is. And then making sure that none of our drugs are expired, making sure that our oxygen tanks are filled, that type of stuff. Um, after that, we have like a little sit down, talk what the day gonna look like. Um, with the heat index now and everything, we try to get our training done before noon so we can not be in the heat and exhaust ourselves. Uh, so it could be hands-on training or it can be book training. I mean, it's, every day is different. Uh, that's probably what I love about the job the most. It's you never have the same day. You might have the same patience, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be the it's not going to be the same thing, you know. Um, after that, we eat lunch. We have about thirty minutes to ourselves to kind of sit down and let the food digest, if you want to call it. And then it's back to you know anything that you see in the firehouse that's either dirty, wash it, fix it, whatever, you know. Um, making sure that everything runs again or if there's any tools that need to be cleaned up, just doing that. We do have um, online training too, if you want to call it. So making sure that you're up to date on that. It's kind of just more scheduling your own time at your job to do what you have to do type of thing. Yeah, so it's like our like our CEs at work. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So like how often do you, how often do you, do you like see a fire? Is it like once a week, like once per, per shift? Oh, not even close. No. The last fire we had. I'm sure it ranges different, like, depends oh, yeah. on what location it is. Depending but. on what, what location you work at. Like, you watch the news, Chicago has a fire maybe every day, every other day. So, uh, last fire I saw was about, let's say a month and a half ago, maybe. But before that, it was a good seven months. So, it all it all ranges. I mean... The job is 80% EMS, or if you want to say 90% EMS. Um, you have your car accidents and that stuff, but it's it's not like you're thinking you're going to go cut up a car or, you know, put the fire out on the car or you get called for a fire in a house and it's, you know, the your oven caught on fire or something. It's not like the house is burning. We all get happy and giddy when it comes in like that, but you just got to look at the big picture, you know, so... What are like your like most frequent like calls? Cause I, you know, like in nursing, we always have like funny stories of, you know, this confused patient try to do this or she thinks she's there, you know, little funny stories. Like what are like your frequent calls or you guys just kind of like drive back in the engine and just kind of like crack up or something? Our most frequent calls, uh, just have your patients that fall in or, you know, your regular uh sick patient or you guys work with you know copd and chf i mean we right. have we have those patients too you know so it's not like it's not the same but it's not different it's kind of like in the middle you guys have that too but with some nurses like when we go pull up to the hospital they'll er nurses they'll be like why didn't you do that or this or you know it's um so it's different you're a doctor on wheels kind of how I look at it mm -hmm. yeah. you have to I don't want to say faster or quicker but you got to be on your toes at all times whereas if you're doing CPR in a room you have 12 nurses or 10 nurses, nurses with you you know you have more hands well we have four guys so that's eight hands we don't you know we don't have a lot 
So we kind of have to be on our toes and making sure that we give the best care that we can possibly can. Now with the funny calls, it was about two months ago, hand, my right hand up, we saved a cat from a tree. Nice. (laughs) Like, never thought in a million years that I'd be... I didn't save it. It was the the other the other um, the other guys were just you know relaxing, just um, looking through some equipment, and we get a call for a kitten stuck in the tree. We're like, "Are you serious right now? A cat in a tree? Like, yeah, what? You know?" So um, unfortunately our tallest ladder couldn't reach it. So we had to bring out the truck that has the 110 five foot ladder on it. Oh, damn. So they had to put that up. So yeah, uh, that, that one was probably like a good, a, a good joke for a little bit to the guys being like, Oh, you know, heroes. <laughs> Did it make it on newspaper? No. <laughs> damn. <good>. Kind of glad. <laughs> well, it's, well, it made it to a couple nurses, so it's even better. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask, so in your firehouse, you have the fire truck and there's also an ambulance. Or is ambulance a different different kind of building? So we have an engine and an ambulance um, at two stations, and then we have a truck and an ambulance at another. So it's, however, the you know the chiefs and want to run the calls or do their however they want the station to run. Kind of how it goes. Okay, and then do you guys? So, is everybody like certified the same in your firehouse? Like, yes. do you guys take turns playing different roles, or is always one person driving a truck, always the same people in the ambulance, and always the same people in, in the fire truck, and is it always the same person holding the hose if there's a fire? So, do you guys like do we just change? have? Uh, I want to say protocols, or each shift likes to do their own thing, their different ways. So we have, like, if we have a fire, the paramedic will be on the hose line you know what i mean we still bring the ambulance obviously to the scene just in case there is a patient that either inhaled smoke or something um but we pretty much have the same roles or depending on your lieutenant or battalion chief how he wants to set the day up you know he'll he'll kind of give you the rundown of hey you're driving today and you're the pic today so it all depends have you ever driven driven the fire truck I actually drive the engine right now. Oh, yeah. do you really? Yeah. Boss, oh, man. gosh, dude. <laughs> I wish I could drive it. Did you drive it today? Drive I it was not day? at work today. Oh, no, dude, that'd be so funny. You just pulls up with a fire truck. I know. <laughs> hey, it's supposed to be a slow day today. <laughs> hey, like, have you ever driven a fire truck? Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna ask. I was going to ask if you ever driven a fire truck for non-fire purposes. Like for On fun. shift, no, but others have. Are you talking okay. about joyriding? Yeah, joyriding. Like, have you ever joyrided no, the fire truck? No, no. Okay. but dropping a kid off at a school, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, that's cool, man. I'm kind of wondering, so like in nursing, like there's something called that nurses eat their young. And for some reason, the older nurses always prey on the younger ones that are coming on. Does it happen in the firehouse where the older men in the firefighting, you know, engine prey on the, the young guys? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, they want them to learn and kind of learn quick because there's so much on the job, you know, and it's just like with nursing, there's always new things coming out and doctors are always telling you different stuff to do. Um, There's always new ways to learn. So we just kind of, they kind of want us to retain really quickly. Um, But it all comes with time. Like 
you got to know how the other person will react to your jokes and your pranks. And if they're not okay with it, then obviously we kind of squash it right there and then. But, like, the guys that I work with, like, they're always pulling pranks on me and kind of just going back and forth with it. So Just like you said, it's a very masculine role, right? So... They I mean, just, we they we do mess have around a lot. we do have female firefighters. We have th- three. Okay. Yeah. So four, four. Sorry, four. four. So yeah, but they just we're one of the girls and they're one of the guys. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of goes both ways. That's like, awesome. yeah, it's cool. Like it works out because like for for me and Matt, like we work in like a female dominant career, and like, we I got like I'm not sure how you've been like in where you worked prior to travel nursing and how it is now, but like you build a relationship and you just mess with each other sometimes. Hell yeah. Like I'm not, I don't really. It's not so much that I like eat my young or like we eat our young. It's more like we kind of mess with them. Hell yeah. Like you know, like we just play a little, little prank. We just we just say stupid shit like, hey, there's like water leaking in your patient's room and it's water over and they, they run out of the room and go check it out and there's nothing there. Like like those kind of things. Nothing like like crazy. We don't change. Like it'd be crazy if someone like, changed someone's drip. Like that, that'd be wild, dude. Yeah, that's a bad that, thing. That's, that's, that. that's not even a prank. That's like a fucking liability. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That <laughs> that's point, someone's yeah. losing their license. That's some shit, yeah. yeah. I'd be, if somebody did that to me, I'd be fucking pissed. But yeah, it's, it's crazy how just, you just... You thought of the idea. Yeah, and I, I never did it. I'm not going to do it, but fuck it. That'd be some shit. Yeah, the worst part is like if you mess up and someone actually makes like... You don't mess up bad, but you know you messed up like mm-hmm. at a certain little, little detail and they make fun of you. I think that's kind of what like... Is like the trigger, like yeah. all right, dude. Like you can't pull a different prank. You gotta like, you know, you feel bad already for it because you know you messed up. Let me tell you, this one time I we tried multiple times to straight cat this lady, and we could not get her. So we decided to get a a smaller French uh, straight cat kit. So I brought a peas one for a lady, and you know how women's like the urethra's like a decent decent in length. So this Pete's catheter, it probably was an infant catheter to be oh, honest. Man. This this Pete's catheter was like was like like four inches. <laughs> Jeez, it's like four Did inches. You guys pull it off with a Pete's catheter? Uh, no, it didn't work. I inserted it, but it's not long enough, dude. Uh-huh. So that's like the running joke. Like remember when when Peter brought that Pete's catheter to trick <laughs> that that lady, dude? What was he thinking that's gonna fit? Dude, that's a running joke, dude, for the past like two years. Dude. It it keeps going. And they, that's that's what they'll remember, you know? know. It's yeah. it's not it's not the the other mess up, you know, it's the small little one that you're like, all right, like if I would have read the damn paper, I would have known, you know? It's it's that one. Yeah, it's dude. like you might do 30, 20 CPRs in a week or two weeks, let's you know, say, and you have five saves out of it, but They'll remember your Pete's catheter. They won't remember those CPR saves. <laughs> true that. That's true, man. That's so funny, though. But, dude, like, you know, I actually don't mind this dumb shit happening because there's always someone to, like, remember and someone to look back at and laugh at because it's a good time. Because when I bust out that, that Pete's catheter, like, I, I looked at one of my coworkers, they looked at me, and they just started fucking laughing. Damn. And I was like, wow, I must at least try it, knowing for a fact it's not going to work because there's no way it's going to read to bladder. But they just let you do it. They let me do it, yeah. Just, hey, just you, know what you're, you know what you're going to do when you go and get another catheter, though? Dude, I'm not gonna get him a catheter. I'm having somebody else straight cat my ladies now. Damn. Managers. <laughs> you're gonna Managers. read the you're gonna read the label. They read, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put urology on console. Can I straight cat? Please insert a coup day. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Speaking of like straight cathing, I actually had a pretty traumatic experience on the med surge floor. And it was like when I was like a new grad, I I couldn't straight cat this lady, so I had brought help the charge nurse, and it was like three of us there. And they're like holding your legs and stuff. And you know what she had? Vulvalis cancer. So oh. it was like vaginal cancer. 
And it was just like, it was just so hard to do it. Do I felt so bad for the lady? Yeah. Jeez. It's much when you can't get like, man. When you've tried like two or three times to get a straight cat, like you tried twice, somebody else tried the third time, you don't get it. That's fucking uncomfortable, dude. Yeah, especially. Because when I was in a hospital and they said, yeah, you got to pee within another three hours or you're getting a straight cat, dude, I was fucking. How'd, how'd, you relax, how'd you relax that bladder, man? Dude, I, I don't know, dude, mentally, man. Turn my my um, parasympathetic parasympath- nervous system on, right? Because it would turn on, right? Parasympathetic nervous system that relaxes your bladder right. so you're able to pee. Yeah, turn that motherfucker on and pee the fucking within half an hour, dude. <laughs> as soon as they someone said straight, I already knew what the fuck they're referring to. Yeah. They didn't gotta finish the sentence, dude. Pee, did pee, they, did they know you were a nurse at the time? Yeah, yeah. As soon as they said you gotta pee, I already fucking knew the last of that sentence, yeah. dude. Peter started. Peter right away went over to the water fountain, put it on or the water the sink, and he started playing with the water like dude. this, like in a wavy motion, just to kind of pee. Peter pee, <laughs> Peter pee. Yeah, I was like, I was so in, so badly. I feared getting struck out so bad where I took my PCA pump, lowered the side rail, walked to the bathroom, un- unclicked myself from all the fucking monitors, walked to the bathroom, fucking peed, dude. I didn't even have fucking standing privileges yet. Wow. <laughs> How are the hospitals there? No, I'm joking. I actually peed in bed for the first time. That was fucking comfortable, dude. You peed in bed? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't pee the bed, but I peed in bed. I used a urinal, the in, urinal? in bed, yeah. Did the nurse hold it for you? No, I held it myself. I'm a man, dude. I'm not gonna. I'm a man. Like, my hands work. My bowels didn't work. My hands were working fine. I didn't have hand removal surgery. I had a bowel, a bowel resection. But there's, yeah. there's those creepy ass men that like oh, yeah. want the nurse to do it. So then they tell me about it. And then I walk in there with the man. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm going to hold your freaking urinal for you. Right away, these hands start working. I got it myself. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. How are the hospitals there? Arizona hospital or Illinois hospital? Which one do you choose? I was in Arizona where I got my bowel resection. I went to three hospitals, actually. All right, but w- mm-hmm. which Arizonas, if you were to choose to stay for two weeks? I've never been to any hospitals. First time I was been half- hospitalized. Oh, so yeah. I have no idea, dude. Yeah. So I have... Well, you work in one, don't you? I do work in one. So which one would you rather be in? Uh, probably Christ. No, actually, no. I don't know if I would know. I, I mean, no, I would not. No, I would not go to the ER in my own hospital. <laughs> not think about it. No, because they're going to know everything. You're gonna, they're going to know everything about yeah, you, yeah. your whole health history that, you know, maybe I happen to run into some marijuana smoke, guess what, drug test is positive, now people are thinking, you know, I, I smoke pot and shit, or like, you know, things like that, they're gonna know your dick size, they're gonna know everything about you, dude, uh-huh. you know, it's fucking <laughs> Peter, wild. Peter's a little bit shy here with the, yeah. with the bladder here. <laughs> Question, so question, Seb, so like, I, I know you're like a lifelong diabetic, type 1 actually, and for those that don't know, that's the one that's irreversible technically, because mm-hmm. the pancreas doesn't produce any insulin. Not that you're insulin resistant. Like, how, how has it been growing up? Was it like a struggle as a kid? So it happened 2011. Um, I remember watching the Super Bowl. It was Packers and Steelers. Unfortunately, Packers won. <laughs> so uh, that wasn't a happy moment. <laughs> they were already shady to begin with, huh? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you knew who was playing, and you're like, all right, damn it. <laughs> um, so what was I, sophomore in high school? I think. Yeah, so, I mean, was it a struggle? I You could say so because you can't really eat what you want. Like, you got to watch what you're eating and kind of, I mean, people are like, you can't have sugar. Yeah, thanks for being my doctor. I don't pay <laughs> you, but sure, whatever. Cool, I can't eat sugar. How come every carb turns into glucose, which is sure. sugar? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, as people, we live off of carbs unless, you know, you don't, eat any or you don't eat a lot of them you know um 30 carbs in a banana like that's all sugar especially a polish diet dude you know right potatoes gołąbki fucking pierogi like Mm. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apple strudel cake. Like, your grandma's already trying to take me out. <laughs> my grandma's Spanish, Spanish is coming over. Okay, here's a, here's a pastry, dude. Yeah. That's, my, that's exactly what my grandma just said. She brought over some um, apple cake. Extra powdered sugar on top. Um, yeah, you know. Um, but I feel bad for the, like, the little kids that get diagnosed with diabetes. You know, you have little Timmy and Johnny over there. Timmy wants ice cream and Johnny has like a yogurt bar or, you know, something with sugar free. It, it doesn't taste the same. Like mm-hmm. this guy has a Kit Kat and I, you know, I can't have one, you know? So, but getting it at an older age, you kind of understand more like, all right, I got to have a little bit, not a lot, which right. I mean, I'd be lying if I say that I don't mm-hmm. eat sweets or, you know, whatever. I'll have my whole, like a whole Reese's bar or something, but you gotta pump up more insulin, time, okay, right? <laughs> yeah, more units, more units, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy because like your whole life you've been like pretty fucking fit. I'm pretty sure you had a six pack in like seventh grade, dude. I'm not, mm, I'm not mistaken. Dude. I don't even have one now. Okay, well, I saw the picture from you at the beach. You, no, no homo, but but you you had you had, you had better abs than me and that combined. But like you've always been like like well, muscular. Pete, P, you don't have any right now because of your bowel restriction. So yeah, I don't have anything. I don't even have any. I don't even have abdominal muscles anymore. I feel like I feel like it just you like, can't even work them out. You gotta talk to your doctor about exactly, that. Exactly, doc, dude. Two months? No, dude. Make it like th- two more weeks, yeah. man. You, you <laughs> help me, doc. Help you're me. You're gonna get a hernia. Yeah, I'm gonna get a hernia. But yeah, so yeah, like I've always seen you as as like fit. Like when we play football when we were younger, like you you look you look fit, and it, it's crazy. Like how that happens, like you know, yeah. diabetes doesn't necessarily mean you're not healthy or anything right now because I always, we, you always been a healthy individual, you always been fucking muscular yeah. and shit like Most that. It's it. just the genes you've been dealt with, you know. Pretty much, I mean, you probably see it at hospitals. Mm-hmm. I know I have seen it. You know, um, you ask a patient, "What do you have? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, mm-hmm. like okay?" And then you have a fit guy that has type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what the hell did I do wrong? And this guy's eating Big Macs and Whoppers and whatever he wants, and yeah. he doesn't even have that. You know, he probably at the end of, you know, where wherever it takes him, like there might be some clogs or whatnot, mm-hmm. but diabetes is a serious thing. It's not It's not fun, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's a lot. My sister has that too, and like like I've seen, seen her first hell like that way, and I've seen it in the hospital too. But, but yeah, it's like... It's life changing. Like you gotta take in so what four times a day, depending on how many times I eat mm-hmm. and how much it carbs it has. Yeah, and then you take lanterns at night, right? Uh, I don't. You don't. No, I have the pump, so it kind of. Oh okay. It uses the fast acting insulin as a basal. So you have the pump on you right now. Yeah. So is it like? Do you have the needle in your like your thigh? It's just a small little, um, like an IV catheter. Um, it sits right under your skin and the fat. So where, where is it on your body right now? Right now, it's in my left thigh. Left thigh. And do you have another one that uh, delivers the, um, the uh, glucose? So the pump delivers the glucose. Okay, so yeah. the pump's on the thigh. Yeah. So how do you check what sugar you have? Is it an app? I actually have an app on my phone. That's cool. Mm. So, so it checks your sugar and it gives you uh, insulin? So they're not compatible. They don't speak to each other. I had one that spoke to my pump. Um, it just didn't work out. It wasn't really working for me, so I went with a different one. Um, so this one just kind of connects with your phone, and you have, I mean, fuck, everybody has their phones on them these yeah. days. Like, you can't 
I can't walk to the gas station without yelling, you know, someone call 911 or something because everybody has a phone on them, so it doesn't right. even matter. So you just kind of, you know, you open my screen up and it'll tell you my blood sugar. So that's pretty much it. And then you have a, you have a separate pump that delivers your insulin? Yeah. Okay, for sure, yeah, because my sister has the continuous uh, blood sugar monitoring, mm -hmm. but she gives her insulin with the pen. With the pen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, so if I was, if I had to pick one, I'd probably choose the one that monitors your, your blood sugar because then you're going to keep poking yourself. Right. You know, and, right. Then, and then say like, you know, you're feeling low, like instead of poking yourself and checking it, you just check the check it on your phone. Check it on your phone, yeah. Yep. And it tells you like, hey, you're low. And then you just, you know, eat something or if you're high, then you just give yourself insulin. How, sure. how has it affected your role as like a firefighter, like um, having diabetes? So, I mean, you're definitely more cautious. Like I always have something on me at all times, whether it's, you know, a can of pop, some Gatorade, uh, something to eat. Um, some elk meat. <laughs> protein, right? <laughs> um, so with like, if you know the days, like the last couple of days has been what, plus 90 where we're at. Yeah. So um, just working outside, sweating, my sugar drops. I mean, you're, you're sweating. Everything kind of changes with your body when you do that. So I know that in 30 minutes, you know, with my phone, my sugar is going to be dropping. So I just go take a swig of Gatorade and get back to work and then just kind of go back and forth with that, you know. So you got to be cautious just with the work because you don't want to be putting an IV in a patient and you start shaking and you're like, uh, I can't do this right now, you know. So Have you ever had any of those kind of calls? With? Like diabetes and, oh, shit, I can't do something because... You totally forgot to eat something and so, you felt like I mean, I usually, when we eat, like lunch or dinner, I'll eat and then give myself some sugar. I mean, sugar, duh, yeah, I'm eating. But insulin, um, so I'll eat first. So by the time, you know, we're finished with eating and whatnot, sit at the table and talk, it's 30 minutes. So by then my sugar is high. I mean, it's not always going to be steady due to the fact that if we're eating and we catch a call, you know, I got to go. So I, I can't just tell them to wait. I'm going to give myself right. units, you know. But I did have where um, I gave myself insulin first one time. And then as I'm putting my food on the plate, we caught a call. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, this is going to kind of suck. But I had pop in the rig so instead of eating, I drank that. And then unfortunately, I kind of didn't have any dinner mm. because I already so injected myself. And then I drank all the sugar that I needed to drink. And I didn't want to double dose myself and eat. So you just, just went along with them. So, you know, I had like a side salad and just kind of, well, whatever the day brings, it brings, you know. Yeah. So is there like a specific diet that you follow? Like what do you usually eat? Do you follow like, like a typical... Like a mainstream keto diet or like a paleo diet or any kind no, of... No, I'm not, specific. I'm not, I mean, I'm not super strict with my diet, but I'm not, I don't follow anything and everything, you know? Like, my doctor tells me, yeah, you could have a scoop of ice cream. Like, hell yeah, I'm yeah. going to enjoy that scoop of ice cream. I, you know, like, I'm not going to kind of close myself away from the world. Like, yeah. there's... Someone comes up with a good ass chocolate cake. I'm gonna go try that good chocolate cake. I don't care, you know. Like, so I mean, I got 
I had I got married recently and we had nothing bunk cakes. You better believe I had nothing bunk <laughs> cakes. You know, like yeah. so you yeah so you've like a pretty good well like you've a pretty well balanced diet for the most part. Like yeah. you, you eat like anybody else eats. If what? you want to snack and snack, but like by how anybody else eats, I mean like probably how me and Matt eat, where we eat healthy for the most part, but then we also enjoy something sweet right. every once in a while. It's not like we smash, you know, cheeseburgers. And I like, mean, every you know, doctor's going to tell you, no, don't eat that because mm-hmm. it's bad for you, or they're going to yeah. tell you not to drink because it's bad for you. Like, do I drink? Yeah, like mm-hmm. I do. Is there carbs in beer? Yes, there mm-hmm. is. I just watch how many beers I drink and count my carbs. So if a beer has 12 carbs per can and I have six beers, do the math. I mean, it's not... You know, it's not that hard. Um, for other people, it might be hard because their insulin ratio and their carb ratio might be off. So if it's too high, they'll drop low. If it's too low, then they'll be high. You, you know what I mean? So that comes with time and the calculations that the doctors do and the dietitians. So, like, my body's changing constantly. If I gain weight, they're going to change my numbers. If I lose weight, they're going to change my numbers. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. There's there's no like one set diabetic diet diet you could say. There's you know how to hospital have a diabetic diet yeah. that's not really geared towards anybody. It's it's like broad. So right. like if you want a strict diet, mm-hmm. do a liquid diet. Have fun. Tell yeah. me how that goes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So like each each every diabetic gets like a diet plan geared towards them, depending on how their insulin levels. Because right. just because you might be type one diabetic and somebody else might be, you might have different insulin levels in your body if you even have any insulin right. in your body, you know. So you got to eat differently. What about you, like, your workouts? Like, do you guys work out at a firehouse? Do you work out at home? Do you go to the gym periodically? I, w- I work out at the firehouse, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's it's not a gym workout, but we have enough where you could kind of figure stuff out. You know, we have a bench bar. We have dumbbells. We have one Smith machine and a couple of cardio equipment. It's not the machines that you have at a gym, so it's not... Um, you'll get your workout in for sure. Just you got to kind of work with it so i have a question like um heart attacks account for a lot of like work heart like health related um workers or how do i say a lot it? of firefighters and medical professionals or just fire have right? heart attacks but like among like in work so 45 percent of like all heart attacks at work in a way are related to firefighters and do you see that amongst like firefighters that you know family that they have heart disease or like struggle with any kind of you know, core morbidities because of, like, the exposure to, like, intense heat, fires, monoxide poisoning, and things like that. I mean, I think that comes with stress. Personally, do I know anybody at my job that passed on call or on a fire or at work or off work? I don't. Um, but you on the news, you'll definitely see, you yeah. know, or social media. People post about that all the time. Like, you know, he passed from a heart attack you know, got to the call and had chest pain. I think it actually happened. I don't know what state, but I think something happened about a month ago mm-hmm. or a little bit more where someone got to a call and he had chest pain and he, like, couldn't couldn't go, yeah. you know, and he said that he had chest pain, so they checked him out on a 12-lead cardiac monitor, and they were like, yeah, man, you, like, you got to go to the hospital. Yeah. And you, me- so. you mentioned stress. Like, do you feel like firefighting is, like, high stress where, you know... You, you could get a lot of core morbidities due to firefighting. Is it stressful? Oh yeah, it, you know you you could get stressed. Like Peter said, you can't you can't get a catheter that stresses you out. Like mm-hmm. you went to school for it. Like I mean, I'm sure you the first time you were doing it, you didn't get all of them, but you're kind of 
more proficient at it now and it kind of goes with the flow but if you can't get it you're like dude i've been a nurse for you know two plus three plus years five plus years i you have bad days now like i said we you kind of being on the job and you know people looking at you and people recording all the time now like you gotta think on your feet think quick if it's an adult or a pediatric like depending on the situation yeah it gets stressful yeah Since you're a pretty strong individual and you're also diabetic, have you ever used insulin to um, grow your muscles? Because me and Matt did a little bit of research and found out that you could manipulate your levels of glucose and insulin in your body to bring in more muscle mass. Why is that, though? Why? Well, let me tell you why. We did some research. So, like, basically what we found out, and if you want, you can use this, but, I mean, I at least let me catch up. I don't yeah. want to sound cocky. I probably know what you're reading or why mm-hmm. it happens. Obviously, I have it. So I had to do my own research. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically what I found out is on one study that we looked at is the way insulin actually makes muscles bigger is because it increases protein synthesis. Okay. And the way the research that I looked at, it was insulin plus amino acids. So you had to have insulin in your, in your bloodstream and also amino acids. And that increased protein synthesis. So it made it, because we all know when we work out, after we work out, you have protein synthesis going on for a few hours. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is if you administer insulin after your workout, during when your body's natural in protein synthesis, and you also take amino acids, that's going to super inflate your protein synthesis. So you're essentially gaining more muscle within that time that you're already growing. You you grow more. That's how it works. So if you don't have that insulin, that won't work? Well, no matter. So after after you work out, you want protein synthesis. So your muscle growth happens after you work out. Right. That's when it. That's when research shows that protein synthesis is highest after you work out. So it's already high after you work out. You throw an insulin amino acid. That's gonna make it even higher. So your protein synthesis. There's even gonna be more protein synthesis going on. So more muscle growth. And not only that, but it increases energy and stamina, mm-hmm. and actually helps with like glycogen formation. Right. So you're technically just being a freaking anabolic beast in a way and it prevents muscle breakdown so you could gain a lot of muscle as i think it's in the that's what people that's what muscle builders use right yeah so we actually found a website that goes over the protocol for this <laughs> and there's a few websites that we looked at and they both say the same thing so if you guys want to use uh, insulin for like you know for steroids it sounds like a liability p we should probably stop right here so don't try this at home don't try this at home you guys didn't hear from us you guys heard it from bodybuilding.com yeah or gnc <laughs> We'll give them their credit and liability. But basically, if you want to use this as, a, as like a performance enhancer or a steroid, what you could do is administer Novolog or Humalog right after your workout. Uh, because Novolog and Humalog peak, like what, 30 to 60 minutes? Oh, no, no, it's quick acting. So it's, it's like 15, acting. so 15, 15 to 30. Yeah. 15 to 30. And then after your workout with a meal. And so if you use Novolog and Humalog, you can do this up to two times a day. Yeah. And then if you really want to, you know, get stronger and really build some, some more muscle, you could even use Lantis at night or Lantis throughout the day. Slow acting. Yep. Slow, which is slow acting, which is what's like six to 12 hours or something like that. Don't yep. comment on that, but I think it's like like that. So you could actually, what they're saying is you could actually lose that. And and then you'll get a high tin protein synthesis after your workout because you're administering yourself insulin and you're eating proteins, which are amino acids. And then also you're increasing your protein synthesis because you're also using Lantis. So that's like your basal and metabolic rates, you know, which is wild. So 
if you want it to be in the show notes, guys, but <laughs> as you probably won't put that shit in the show notes, but <laughs> you know, if you guys want, you can hit up Matt at Matt's Mindset at Instagram and you could tell you about it. Because she's going to do it. You can just Google it. I mean, oh, you can Google it. Matt's not going to do it. I'm just joking. You, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's bodybuilders out there that have YouTubed it and oh, yeah. talk about it. And I mean, um, but yeah, don't try it at home. I mean, I don't. It's very dangerous. You fucking die. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably one of the most. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why there's two nurses that like check it and verify it. And sometimes you have to sign in with a computer to verify the dose in the hospital. So you know that it's like, could kill somebody, man. I'm giving too much. And. Like, like in the hospitals when we can't figure out why they they have like stroke like symptoms they're just hypoglycemic man like and that's why I recommend not trying on it because yeah. if you don't know what that feels like you won't know what's going on you might say uh yeah I'm, I'm sweating I'm tired you know I'm shaking maybe I just gotta go to bed maybe my heart rate's up yeah go take a nap you, you, you'll, you'll wake up dead yeah you never fuck wake up but I forgot what I was gonna say dude I pull off my train of thought. It was something about insulin. I even had a patient once that like was like hypoglycemic. It was like my first time giving D fifty in a syringe, mm-hmm. and I gave him you know uh, twelve point five grams. Yeah, and like you like slam it in. Like two minutes later, this person just wakes, wakes up, up and looks around, doesn't know what's going on. Oh, you it's lose crazy. You lose your like you lose your mind. You mind. can't. You don't remember anything. But it's crazy. The person just wakes up. It's like oh hey you know. And I, so the way bodybuilders and like people that use performance enhancing drugs die with insulin is because they're used to seeing like, you know how we have one unit of insulin, it's so small. Right. So these people give themselves like one unit of like, I don't know if it's testosterone or some kind of a hormone and their one unit is different size than insulin one unit. So these guys overall on insulin because they're using a different syringe with uh, units. They're not using an insulin syringe. Like they're probably using like the ML, like the T. That could be the ML syringe or whatever yeah. syringe they use for testosterone enhancement or whatever else they use. It's thicker. Damn. You know, so that's how people were dying because they overdose. Instead of getting one unit, they're actually given like a hundred because that's how much you're drawing up. Because insulin is very fucking strong. It is very like, strong. Like one it? unit could make somebody hypoglycemic. Yeah, we a lot of times they get stuck in the needle. That's why we usually give like two, but one or two units can literally. That's all somebody needs. That's how strong this fucking this hormone is. And you don't know, like I said, your unit ratio and your carb ratio, like. One bodybuilder could be, yeah, 100, 100 carbs and his, you know, he's sensitive to insulin. So two, three, four, six, seven units will get him un- under. He'll be hypoglycemic forever because, you know, his he needs two units of insulin for 100 carbs. One bodybuilder might need eight, ten, you know, like... My unit to carb ratio is per every unit. I have to count six carbs. So like, there you go. Do the math. You know, ten units is sixty carbs. So I need pretty much another eight, seven to get up to a hundred. Do you, has your doctor given you like a recommendation? And then have you noticed your body work differently? So you kind of you kind of know your body a little bit more than the doctor now. Do you like give yourself an extra dose sometimes because you know you're gonna have X, Y, and Z or? So every time I give myself dosage, it's either before eating or drinking something. I never give myself a dose without eating. You know what I mean? So like my pump continuously drips insulin to keep me steady, but it's not like overloading. It's just like just enough to kind of keep me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the basal rate or is the metabolic rate? That's the basal, basal rate. Basal rate. Okay. You got the bolus and the basal. Bolus. It's, it's I, I, I don't know why I thought metabolic. I it's funny because sometimes at the hospital I worked in San Diego, like 
a patient came in with a insulin pump mm-hmm. and we had like no policy. No one knew what the policy is with the pump or how the pharmacist should scan it. So I was like calling the doctor back and forth and it was just like a whole thing. They what do you want, mean like they they wanted the lady to take it out. Oh, I just rip it out. Yeah, I know, but like <laughs> she didn't want it out. So we had to call the doctor, why can't we keep it in? Because they wanted to just give her like sub Q, you know? I gotcha. So Yeah, we had the same issue at one point when I first started. Like we had a few people come for with insulin pumps. Um, now we just have them stay on insulin pump because that's gonna that's gonna give their because they've been on the pump for a long time, so their body is more accustomed to the pump yep. than it is right. to us giving us giving us insulin with meals and, and bedtime, right? So we just have them have the pump on. But if they come with a remodulin pump, we haven't finished the cartridge, and then we put them on a remodulin drip. That's okay. that's for the pulmonary hypertension. Very expensive drug. Yeah, I feel like sometimes like patients come into the hospitals with like specific dosages or they take, you know, like just say 12 in the morning, 12 at night of Volantis. But now we're you're in the hospital, you're going to get 24 at night. And then we have like these unstable blood sugars because we like mess up a patient's like consistency schedule sometimes. That That's very true, dude. Like there's been so many times where we've transitioned somebody from whatever they were doing at home to what we do at the hospital just, be, just for like charting it well, I don't know about charting but just for a hospital convenience to get a protocol yep. so it's easier to put somebody on a protocol than have them be on their own protocol because that's different paperwork involved but then like you said it throws blood sugars off why because they've been on their own protocol for the past like five years and it's accustomed and the body's accustomed to this that's how their body works and then we say hey we're just gonna get insulin with meals you know and at bedtime and really Atlantis at night or in the morning and it's like, like screw your program yeah the patient's like like, all right, but, you know, I've been in hospital before and they couldn't control my sugars last time, so it's going to happen again. And then, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, but we got to do this. And they're like, yeah, but they know it's going to happen. And guess what? Patient's fucking right, like 95% yeah. of the time. P- Peter's. Night-night. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. Like when, like when a patient comes in and has their own structured schedule, I follow their schedule, dude. Even though, like, in, in a in a mar, it might be something different. I prefer just to follow their schedule. It's like rescheduling it or canceling it for the nighttime or yeah. something, letting something. You kind of have to, yeah. Like, you give them too much insulin, and then you're trying to catch up and be like, "All right, have an orange juice." Yeah. Like, have another one. So have another one, and then your blood sugar is at five hundred, and you're like, "Shit, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta figure out this number." Mm-hmm. Like, what was your number? But by then, they're hyperglycemic and hypoglycemic, yeah. all within. 30 40 minutes you don't even know if they're a and o you know you don't even know if they can remember their name because they're so their body's just going up and down just trying to figure out what's going on yeah yeah guys like blood sugar is so important we take it during a code yep like we when we're coding a patient we take a blood sugar because maybe it's, it's a troubleshooting yeah you can literally be having some to the point where you're going to cardiac arrest and that's why we check blood sugars maybe we're pumping this guy's chest and guess we get the glucose up and then he comes out of it well, but once they're in cardiac arrest, it's a lot harder to get them out of it. So hopefully you could, Perfect. hopefully, yeah, prevent them from going to cardiac arrest due to hypoglycemic because you should probably monitor your patient a little bit better if they drop to that fucking point. Yeah, not calling a bad nurse. Even for the stroke protocols, man, we check a blood sugar. It's part of the, is it the 15-minute assessment prior to the patient, you know, does A, B, and C. So, yeah, man, sugar is important and, you know, mad props, they, that's something you have to do part of, as a part of life, you know. Like, we take it for granted you know, hey, that cookie looks good. I'm just going to have it. And we don't even think about the repercussions. We see it in our gut and our belly on the scale, but we don't see a day-to-day where, hey, I got to give myself more insulin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a great wrap-up, boys. Yeah. All right, Sebastian. 
Sebastian Latoniak. That's how you say it in Polish. That's how you do say it in Polish. Do you want to share us your Instagram? Maybe people want to follow you. Ask uh, you a few questions. I don't know if it's Sebastian or Sebastian. No, or it's just my last name. It's Matoniak. 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 It's it's how I'm saying it. Matoniak. That's how you spell it. Well, let me just make sure I know what it is. But yeah, dude, he's future daddy, Sebastian, dude. That's some shit. Our, our, our cousin got engaged. You're already married. Having a kid on the way. Half of Facebook's getting there's, engaged. I'm twi- you guys are here getting married and getting kids. I hear getting a bottle removed out of me, dude. Yeah, you're going to poop sooner, bro. Dude, somebody's food just flows through me. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> your bottle's your getting used Three to cousins that. engaged. Uh, who, who's the third one? You got Damien, Natalie. Oh, shit. And Tom. Oh, and Natalie's engaged too, right? Well, she's not, technically she's not my cousin, but... Uh, not blood, but I mean, we've been close for a long time. But damn, everyone's getting engaged, dude. Who's next? All right, this, is for, this is for the after Peter. show, boys. Have a good day, guys. Peace, oh, peace and right. gratitude. Thank oh, it's you. just Matoniak. Okay. At yeah. Matoniak, we're going to link it in the little bio. Yeah. Peace. Peace out, guys. Have a good day.